Hello, and welcome to the LYF podcast. This podcast is provided to you by the Love Yourself Foundation, which is an organization here spreading the message of love and more specifically self-love and the powerful ripple effect that has not only in building a better relationship with yourself, but also with your community and with our beautiful planet. We're here to tell you that we're all one. All living beings are connected to each other, to the universe. So we're going to be talking about important topics like mental health, environmental issues, and tying it all back into the self and ways that you can not only empower your relationship with yourself, but also empower your relationship with your community and with our beautiful planet. So if you like what you hear, please hit subscribe. You can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at the LY Foundation. You can also check out our website at the lyfoundation.org. And we have a very special new addition to what we're doing. We now have a membership program called the Lifeline Membership Program, which offers support calls, group support calls, free admission to our events, workshops, specialized merch. So we also have special discounts going for students, teachers, frontline workers. So if you want to hear more about this, please go to our website at the LY Foundation slash membership for more info. Thanks for tuning in. Hello, and welcome to The Conversation, an LYF podcast series where we provide our insights, thoughts, and experiences on self-love exploration. My name is JR, technology coordinator and board member for the Love Yourself Foundation. And (laughs) my name is Ayla, growth and development coordinator for the Love Yourself Foundation. (laughs) JR, I'm trying to bring the energy. I hear that. I I receive that. It's been a while. It's been a while. It has been a while. In case of people did not know, Ayla was a little under the weather for a little while. Lost my voice. Lost her voice. Hard to run a podcast. You lose your voice. Makes it difficult. How are you feeling now? Feeling a lot better. We are recording a little later in the day, so I'm trying to keep the energy up. I'm excited for today's episode. I am too. And I guess this is kind of what we're doing right now is keeping up that positive thinking. Uh See what what you're doing there. Before we get into it, though, I wanted to have a check-in. We are in the latter half of our 12-week year. We are. JR, how's it going? (laughs) I thought you were going to express something to me. (laughs) You are going to admit something. That's what I thought that was. I'm doing good. I think with the stuff with RGC and doing new events, we've been pretty good with that. Finances could be better. If I'm being honest, I know the last time we talked, said that I got a raise. Now it's more about managing the money. <laughs> it's pretty important. So, you know, that. you got to have a budget. I'm realizing very quickly, you need to make sure where your money is going, how, what you're spending it on and how much you can save it. So, you know, you need to get on-, on that topic, I haven't started the total money makeover yet. However, have you heard of something called you need a budget? No. So it's an app and a website. And I like got a free trial to see what it was like. And it's super helpful, actually. And it talks about how any money that isn't assigned prompts you to spend like in a way that isn't helpful for you. And it actually does something that I've been like talking about for, I feel like years wishing that my bank like did. It basically shows you what your money in your account is sorted into for you. So instead of having to have 10 bank accounts, one for savings, one for all the things, one for vacation, one for yeah. in the app or website, wherever you want to use it, it'll tell you what, how much money you have 
designated to that. And so you can input your bills, you can input all the things that you plan to spend on. And then every time you get paid, you can assign how much money is going towards what. Oh. And it'll tell you like once you have the things paid off, when you're spending too much in a category. And that's been really helpful for me. I will say I am not as happy with my 12-week year as I want to be at this point. But in the realm of finances, I'm trying to figure it out. <laughs> yeah, I think <laughs> and, you we know, are. I think that's, and I do want to say that before we started the episode, I told JR I have been binging a lot of money on Black Friday shopping. So that being said, like I, I'm learning, but am I learning fast enough? <laughs> December is a new month, new yeah. year, new me. No, but I thought that, that was really cool. That may be something that you want to look at as well. I like that it is something that you can do like on your phone at any time. And it just goes straight from your bank. It'll see how much is in your account and then you can assign it as needed or it can assign it for you and tell you with like due dates coming up, what should go to what. And it knows like you input when you're going to get paid. So it's really cool. I love that idea actually. Not sponsored. I, not sponsored, not an ad but that is very helpful. And I think that is going to at least propel me in the right direction when it comes to the 12 week year, because just like you said, slacking a little bit. I feel like for me, I've started off with the big goals, of course, but the 12 week year, at least this one, because I do want to continue it on, has been more about like mindset and setting myself up to get me in a solid position. I know previously in other episodes, we've talked about how, I think maybe the first episode of this season or the last of the last season, I discussed how it's really hard to grow when your things are holding you back or you're just so weighed down by like the hierarchy of needs that mm -hmm. you can't focus on growing because you're focused on paying the bills, you're focused on feeling close to others in your life. And I've been really trying to sort that out. I will say my one goal of being more social. Oh man, you're crushing been it. been great. I've really been pushing myself and it's made me a lot happier. I've done that 10 out of 10 stars. So that goal has honestly been really complete, which is an ongoing process, of course. In terms of my decluttering, yeah. <laughs> let's move on <laughs> me looking around my room right now wow it's it's just tiring maybe sure. eventually when i'm i have more free time i'm not working seven days a week it'll be something that i can upkeep because i think the thing is i can clean it all but the upkeep of it is something that i let get out of control really easily so it's about for me establishing that pattern and finding the time to just get it all done in one day and not doing section by section and then my other goal of being just more feminine and like having a more in-tune sense of identity i've been doing really good with that obviously jerry i've bought in a lot of makeup and have a full skincare routine going hey All locked things. in i've been to the club a few times hey so. okay a two for one there a two for exactly one. exactly social moment so i think that it's a good progression and i think it's good to reflect on where you could be like you mentioned yeah the gym is not in anywhere that i just said <laughs> i did buy pre-workout though so like i'm a step closer oh, to going okay. Okay. Let's not use that pre-workout as a pick-me-up to get to your second job to get through that. No, I have days. energy drinks. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. All that being said, just wanted to check in, be honest, and also be appreciative of the work that we've done so far. Absolutely. I, we already knew going in that there were going to be ups and there were going to be downs and how do we overcome those down moments, right? But I think that's the 
part of the process is understanding that hey it's not going to be perfect we're gonna we're gonna fail along the way and, and the failure is is an okay thing because you learn from that at least for me and the journey that i've been having with it it has been that way and understanding that it's okay to just give yourself some grace don't be so hard on yourself just know that you identify what is going on what you need to change and you're trying your best to make those changes progress not perfection Really is what that it comes down to. It's beautiful. Before we get into the thing, though. Oh. You have been saying that you've been more social. In case the people who are listening are not from Vegas, there, there is an F1 event coming to Vegas next year. Did you go to that event party and how was it? Oh, I did. I went to that, the nightclub that I went to. I did go to the after party. I didn't get to go to the main event, though. And I'm so sad about that because I missed seeing my favorite driver. Lewis Hamilton? Um, of course, Lewis Hamilton. Louis Ham. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so I'm really pumped for the race next year. I'm hoping I'm able to go. I'll find a way. I'll find a way for yeah. sure. But yeah, And the reason why fun. I wanted to ask that is because you are trying to be more social now. How was it being in that experience, being in that environment, knowing that about six months, 10 months ago, you weren't as social as before? Oh, I'm glad you asked. I think that in times when you're feeling tired, when you're feeling not happy if you will the whole focus of the podcast what helps me probably truly the most is doing that and looking where i was a year ago and being like look at all the things that i've been able to do and memories i've been able to make and it gives me hope and i think that's honestly a great segue to positive thinking for the episode and the importance of it and i really wanted to start off with talking about positive thinking versus realistic thinking and i know a lot of people will be like are you an optimist a realist a pessimist mm -hmm. what are our initial thoughts there dear would say at least for me and my own opinion <laughs> that i am a optimist i'm very oh. optimistic about things in life and things that happen in life and always wanting the, the best for not only myself, but for everyone that that is my mentality when it goes into things. I understand that being an optimist might seem a little aloof at times. Big word. What's up? But that's just how I function. I enjoy just having that idea in my head and thinking that, yeah, I can do this or I can get there or whatever it may be. And whether or not it actually comes to fruition, it's okay. I do know that you are a fairly optimistic person. I think that's why whenever I'm stressed, I, I'm like, JR, I don't know how I'm going to make it through it. <laughs> <laughs> Just because hearing that someone else is confident that it will is great. I think that we've talked before in other episodes about how positive thinking helps surround yourself with the mindset that you can achieve anything, that good things are coming your way, and how the reverse obviously can be true as well. But for me, I'll say oftentimes I have thought previously that I'm just realistic. I can see when things are going bad. I can see when they lean good. But honestly, in the past year, I've seen myself shift to be more optimistic, which is really cool. And I have, I always have the mindset of focusing on the what if it goes right, always I love that. assuming the best and working from there. Because the thing is, and we'll talk about today, the hedonic treadmill and 
the entirety of what that means when focusing on the positive. It almost empowers you a little bit to take hold of the situation to feel in control. Because if you always have the mindset of, man, like this isn't going to work out or I'm worried about this or whatever it may be, you're setting yourself up to, almost like you're having to battle the situation that you're against the odds. And I think that mindset is hard. It's hard to tackle oh, yeah. anything and it makes goals that are already hard to achieve even harder. Yeah, it puts more barriers in front of you to achieving what it is that you want to achieve just by simply thinking it in a different mindset that if you do allow yourself to give you that, like you mentioned, control. And I know we've talked about this in an earlier episode this season of just taking back control or having the control over what is happening or what you're planning on trying to do gives you that encouragement to get after it and it makes you feel like you can actually achieve something. So I do see that a lot. And I love what you had said about what if it goes right I think that we use the phrase, what if it goes wrong way too often, just because it's so easy to focus a lot on the negative things that could happen to whatever it is you're trying to do. So switching that mindset, what if it goes right, makes it feel like it's already positive, already thinking, all right, the best case scenario, this is what's going to happen. What if it goes right? then this is what's going to happen. And oh. you honestly prepare for it to go right because right. you're like, oh, I'm already on that path. It's going to go right. Everything's going to work out. I think that it can, as someone that likes to over prepare and plan, it can be helpful to think about, okay, what are where are the areas that can go wrong and how can I prepare for that? Because it's going to go right. And so how can I get all of the things in place to make sure that it ends up that way? I think that it's a fine line though, working with that, but there's... Still a way of thinking when you're focusing on, I'm going to make this a good thing. I'm going to be able to achieve it. How can I better set myself up for that? So would you say that there's a fine line? Are you saying that thinking too much of that would not prepare you for if things were to go wrong? Yeah, because obviously it's beneficial to say, okay, where are the areas it can go wrong? But if you're following down that path, you can come up with a million ways it can go wrong. And you can overindulge in that information and it can quickly turn from being prepared for the positive outcome to happen to now focusing on the negative and becoming overwhelmed with that. And I really wanted to talk today about anxiety and how it plays into being sometimes a bad friend. Or the worst friend. <laughs> And I know that there's a healthy level to all things and anxiety is there to help prepare you for those scenarios. But this, I have struggled for a long time with overindulging in my anxiety and having it tell me that it's being a good friend mm. and letting me know all the worst case scenarios and being overprepared. But, and I'll talk about this also with the Donic Treadmill, with that constant focus on the negative of something, of saying that anxiety is working to make you happy, but by making you happy, it's making you stressed out, if you will. Yeah. I think that constant like energy, if you will, that constant thought that's happening pulls you down inevitably. 100%. And it's just con constant. And obviously that's something that I've struggled with for a long time. And I've found that lately, I've been feeling a lot better about it. And it's just about being mindful. And I think that with 
positive thinking. It's bringing awareness to the present moment and acknowledging, like I said, the things that can go wrong, acknowledging the thought that comes, but not letting yourself live in it when it's not a reality at this time. Yeah. And funny enough, so I've actually had therapists talk to me about it and how in giving into your anxiety and saying, okay, I'll listen for a second, you're actually giving like thought and energy and anticipation to something that may never become a reality. And that, when I heard that, was really eye-opening for me because you can live in that like despair almost and nerve and fear and depression, if you will. And for what you're anxious about to never become something that is real. Right. And and knowing that, I think that it's really sad to think that like that's a possibility. And that's what's been helping me lately to think about, okay, that could be a reality, but it's not my reality currently. So I need to just enjoy what the present moment is because it's not that right now. And that kind of mindset for me has really been helping me in these past few weeks. That's really amazing. And I'm glad that you are feeling better when it comes to that because I do understand how difficult it can be to navigate your life when you're having to deal with something like that. I tell a little story actually just happened yesterday i went to a golden knights game for the first time went with a couple friends and this was really my first time being in a public environment that i have not been around in a very long time and i've talked about this before but i have travel anxiety bathroom anxiety whatever it may be oh, wherever I remember this from yes. season one this is a throwback they throwback so any place that i go public place a lot of people, I just have this overwhelming amount of anxiety that makes me want to go to the bathroom all the time. And really when we're talking about anxiety being a bad friend, anxiety is a good friend to me because it makes me feel complacent, which is not very good to begin with anyways, but that stops me from going out and doing things because mm -hmm. of that anxiety. But it feels good because I feel safe when I'm here at home. Yeah. Long story short, this is my first time actually being out and doing something like this. When I got there, the anxiety was a lot. I just kept telling myself, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can stay here this whole entire time. How many times am I gonna have to go to the bathroom? Whatever it may be, it was going through my head and it was completely filling my head with all this negativity of not letting me enjoy the night, not letting me enjoy being with, around my friends. Finally get there, had to use the bathroom a couple of times. I think it was more so just me in my head of the whole situation. Finally get down into the seat and usually what happens, whether it's there or it's on a plane, whatever it may be, I really have this overwhelming sense of anxiety of I'm going to embarrass myself in front of people because I'm going to use the bathroom in public, whatever the case may be. I did not feel that this time. Wow. I was actually able to just sit there and enjoy the night and be there with my friends and not have to have this overwhelming feeling of something is going to happen and I don't know if I can handle this. That by the end of the night, it was fine. And I am really proud of myself for one, saying yes to going to something like this because I sure. could have had that good friend anxiety tell me, no, you don't have to go. You can't deal with this. So just say no, just stay at home. Come on. This is nice. And being able to just be in that environment finally and putting myself in that path of wanting to tackle what it is that I deal with, that then turned into a positive situation for me being in that car ride back home realizing hey you did it you were fine there's no problem that that gives me that positive thinking of hey the next time there's a golden knights game or a concert yeah. or whatever it may be you're okay you can do it 
Sure. Is it going to take more time? Absolutely. But it was better for me to do this than still just be at home and telling myself, yeah, one day I'm going to go get after it. But yeah, I think there's something powerful about having that positive mindset, have that positive thinking and overcoming what it is that you deal with. Wow. Props to you. That's a really good story. I was worried the way you set it up. I was like, oh no, what's going to happen? What, they kick you out. What happened? You're banned now because you're done. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, no. Everything, yeah, no, everything went well. It's amazing. And I really do give you props for pushing yourself past it. I think that's the hardest step is that very initial time of saying, I'm going to ignore anxiety today and just do it. But I found that the times that I've done that have been some of the best memories because you're like, wait, I'm actually making all of this up in my head and right. it's not a real thing. Yeah, it's very crazy. And I've know I've I've known this about myself for a very long time and it has stopped me from doing things with friends, whether it go be going on hikes or traveling with friends or traveling even on my own. It, it, it's definitely a crippling feeling of not being able to just live my life because I'm bound by this idea that I can't go anywhere because of all of this that it finally has opened up my mind that I'm just it's all in my head and the more that I do this the more that it will eventually I feel will go away exactly and I think that's a good segue into what we're going to talk about today with the adonic treadmill going back to the roots here with a very psychological theory here so I'm going to try to keep it simple. So basically the hedonic treadmill is a theory, if you will, that talks about having a baseline level of happiness. In preparation for understanding the theory, it all started with a research study in 1971. So 50 years ago, pretty much. Okay. Going back to the roots here. And the study obviously has been updated, and I'll talk about those things. But in 1971, Brickman and Campbell, they did a study where they analyzed a group of lottery winners and a group of accident victims that have been paralyzed. And they found that in the long term, neither group was happier than the other. People say money can't buy happiness. Some people think if I won the lottery, I would be so much happier than I am. And that would raise my level of happiness. Or if you go through something as unfortunate, taking away what your everyday experience looks like and becoming paralyzed, you would think that would destroy what mm -hmm. quality of life you see like no to have but interesting to know that neither group came out to happier than other they returned to that baseline level what are our initial thoughts there definitely interesting to have that type of result because i did think that somebody who was winning the lottery would have a, a much happier life or happier feelings than somebody who went through an accident and is paralyzed but it is interesting to, to know that regardless of either side, I thought it actually was going to be the flip side. The ones that had gone through that accident actually became happier because they are still alive or are still able to function in the world. But the fact that the, both of the groups ended up just coming back to their baseline of happiness is really fascinating because you wouldn't think that would be the case. And the whole purpose of talking about the hedonic treadmill is to understand that the things that happen in your life are not permanent trajectories to happiness. Like what we talk about here in each episode isn't something that you do once and it like increases your happiness. The treadmill is something that's ongoing. You have to continuously increase the speed, if you will. You have to continuously add these moments of happiness to increase your overall happiness because you're gonna go back down to your baseline level. Now, 
to further understand that, one thing to know is that your set level is a positive one. So in the original study, it talked about having a genetic predisposition for happiness. And hearing that is, am I never going to be happy then if I'm right. not already happy? And they actually found that that's not necessarily true after they've redone the studies, but more so it's a personality thing, which is why we started the episode with positive thinking that there are people that just to have that personality that focus more on the positive. And what's great is that's changeable. You can focus that and become that. And it's those people that have a higher baseline because they have that focus on the good in their life. Said so the set level is a positive one. You're not starting at a neutral. And they made that very clear that it's not a you're nothing and then you're either really good or really bad. You don't lean either way. You start out at a like content level. The events that happen in your life either raise you to happiness or raise you below to sadness. But I thought that was refreshing to hear at least that at the very least our baseline is being content because then it makes you look at any position where you're not feeling the most life satisfaction that it's more of an external thing that's happening in your life. It's not a set thing that's going to happen to you and you're not going to stay that way forever. I like that a lot and it is encouraging to know that the baseline is positive. I think that at least for me there can be that sense of feeling that if you are going through this world, going through this journey of self-love, that there is this kind of default setting where it is just normalcy isn't the word, but it's trying to find out whether or not it can be a negative. That, that baseline start could be negative, but it's not. It will always be a positive and you can always resort back to that when things do get a little crazy. So it is encouraging to know that it can be that way and it is that way. That to me, it is a, I was going to say positive, but it's pretty redundant at this point, but it is positive. It is a good thing. And just knowing that kind of gives that sense of comfort a little bit. Yeah, I was going to say it is comforting to me to, it almost gives control that like if things aren't going well, that there's just something blocking me from my base level. And obviously it's only a theory, n nothing solidified. And for me, it's just a way of thinking that kind of establishes more power to, there's just things in my way. It's not something that I myself have brought down to, it's an external thing. So what the Dunnock treadmill looks like is if you can imagine just a straight line, and that's your baseline, your set level. And then the wavelength is something that's going along it. So unlike speeding up a treadmill, there's a wavelength that goes along. And below the set level, when the wave goes below, that's obviously negative events that happen in your life. When the wave goes above the line, those are positive things that happen in your life. So when you're looking at this, the purpose of looking at it is that when good things happen in your life, there's a spike in happiness. So anything that you're doing that's bringing excitement that's something new that makes you happy you're raising up the bar now the theory says that you will return eventually back to your baseline level of happiness after the fact and this is something called hedonic adaptation that you kind of comfortable with the happiness level you're at that it no longer makes you excited anymore because you've lived it it's past that kind of thing and it's because of this that people that win the lottery return back to their baseline because it becomes their new normal and so it's no longer so this great exciting thing it's just what is normal to them now and they're back at their baseline and have to reset how they go about the expectations after that i guess it, it's kind of tough to think about a new normal a little bit when you do have those spikes of 
positivity that norm will ever be reset to what it was before because you are always experiencing new things you are going to experience those new levels of positivity as well that because you are having this new normal is it sending an expectation that you always have to hit at that point no so good question i think more so it's that we adapt so fast like in the complexity of our brains that the adaption is working so fast that we're becoming more used to whatever is going on around us and in a way it's more like because i know you're worried about okay you win the lottery you become used to it then you lose all your money then what happens in that kind of scenario it's more so that like in gathering that experience you still have the memory of all those things that happened and you're still a different person because of them and so it's that different person that comes out of these events that creates that new normal for you does that i got sense? you yeah yeah that definitely makes a lot of sense and there have been personal situations that have happened recently where i have experienced that that new kind of sense of positivity and ended up coming down in that line and experiencing the low of the negativity and understanding where I was, where I'm trying to be at, but under, but knowing that I am this new person coming out of that negativity and then creating this new kind of baseline, I guess you could say. Yeah, definitely drawing it out is very helpful to see how you travel up the scale and the like upward trajectory to like the peak of the wave at the top is your anticipation for the event. Mm. So there's a lot of studies that say that your anticipation actually gives you more happiness than the actual thing itself, because in the anticipation, everything is perfect. It's wow, you have this grand idea of things and obviously you can be let down, but that anticipation of getting excited the planning the thinking about how good it can be does a lot more for your dopamine release than the actual event itself wow. which is what causes that build and now that peak has happened you live the event good or bad it happens and then you start the decline because there's no more anticipation left you've lived it you're returning back to your baseline and as you follow the scale you see the same thing can happen with a bad it's a downward slope you hit a low you, and then the great part is it does return back to normal. You come back up to that happiness of the content level. And so being able to see the lines like that and understand that either way, which unfortunate, we want to be happy all the time. Of course. But I'll tell you a little bit about how to use this to your advantage and manipulate your brain a little bit. Seeing it like that is helpful in my sense of seeing like the bad times do have a recovery period as well. I got you. I got you. So how do you feel about the hedonic adaptation? Have you experienced, I'm sure you have experienced this throughout your life, but how does that make you feel now that you've done the research on it and put a name to the experiences that you have? It's a theory I've learned in school, and so I've known about it for a while. And when I first learned about it, I thought that it was fascinating to think about, but particular in the way that you use it to become happier so it's a lot more science-based in like understanding your biology and how dopamine is released and all of these things and so i'll explain that to you and see if that kind of helps gain the perspective there of why i enjoy this way of thinking so much so basically there's ways you can manipulate creating those good waves more often than not where you can return to baseline and instead of going below the line you can just create another upward trajectory again. This can be caused in a, a few ways, and these are things definitely to take note of to be able to use in your own. One is gratitude. So mm. gratitude is about reflecting on things that happened and almost reliving the experience. And you can 
regain some of that dopamine, that serotonin release through just reliving and thinking about the events. This also can be used through explaining it to other people, having them listen in, showing videos, photos, talking about it. Anything that can show your brain to relive the moment can help you on that happiness trajectory. Second is savoring. So this is really studied in positive psychology and I hope they continue to do more studies on it. It's the idea of living in the moment and savoring every piece of it. Mm -hmm. So I try to do this a lot at concerts in particular as well because people bring out their phone, record the whole concert. Of course, yeah. <laughs> and I think it's really funny. I, understand wanting to have those moments but genuinely like i've recorded and i look back maybe once a year at the most <laughs> just so sitting in the camera roll for forever forever you know what i mean and so you're wasting time to really savor the moment by preparing for something you're not ever going to use and like i said i understand maybe i my rule is i can only do one song and so i'll pick one song record that and have to live in the rest but savoring is all about recentering and presently putting yourself in the moment by taking a deep breath taking a look around you what do you see what do you hear around you how do you feel what does it smell like just really trying to center yourself grounding almost to what the moment is and thinking about in the moment wow i'm so happy to be here i'm savoring that i'm here and trying to live through every second i feel like for me i don't know if this is an experience everyone has that sometimes i'm in those events and i'm already thinking about the next thing like i'll yeah. be at the concert being like oh i gotta go to work tomorrow i can't wait till this happens and i'm like can i just sit here and enjoy this please <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for a minute but i feel like our brains just work so fast and want to just get to the next thing that we don't really take time to enjoy what we've been anticipating that whole time. And so it definitely takes a conscious effort, but that savoring helps make the downhill, I guess, slope there take longer because you're really boosting the amount of happiness you're gaining from an event. I can definitely relate when it comes to savoring that that moment or the lack thereof. I know that I've been working events recently and been really getting into the content side of things and wanting to document as much as I can. But the problem with that is I don't take the time to actually savor what is happening in front of me because I'm so focused on trying to get that content. It is a balance when it comes to that, but I do want to savor those moments, savor those experiences more because that is really what's important versus trying to get the best shot of something and then trying to relive that moment as I'm creating the content to then post or to send to somebody. I think I see that a lot too when I go out and have dinner with friends. It's always friends who are on their phones scrolling through something, but also trying to keep up with the conversation. Majority yeah, of the time for mindful. yeah. For me it's it I try to keep my phone in my pocket as much as I can, if not the entire time, whatever I'm doing, because it is important to me to be around people and make that type of connection with one another and at least remember what happened that that day, that night, the conversations that we have. It's really important. It's really important to have that because it gives you that positivity. And I'm glad you made that point because I think that although it be annoying, it speaks to how hard it is for us today to be in the present. We always are 
elsewhere because we can be with our phones at any time and all the more reason to focus on how can I consciously do that even if it is for five ten minutes wherever it be it helps a lot and this is also an example I wanted to use is post-concert depression people will be like oh like I went to a concert, it was the time of my life, and all of a sudden I feel down, and I don't know why, and it's because of the hedonic treadmill. You had this high that is above your normal baseline, and it's almost like crashing down from that high because you're coming back down from a place, and you're realizing that you can't live that high all the time, and that gets sad, (laughs) (laughs) which is why there are these things like savoring and gratitude. The last one, which I think is the most interesting and the one that I try to do the most often is interrupting predictability. So in creating those good waves, it's typically like a standard wave, like I said. It's a low, a high, a low, and it's spaced out evenly. And the way to manipulate that is a couple things. One, doing new things. So when your brain has something that it does repetitively, say for you, JR, you enjoy golfing. Say you do golfing every single week on the same day and you go to the same place and you do the same, I don't know what it's called, like course, is that? Yes. ah, Look at me, you do the same course and you love golfing and you look forward to that every week. But the thing is your brain starts to adapt to that event itself, even if it's not adapting its set based level, it's adapting to the happiness it gives you because it's predicting it. Mm -hmm. And like I said, with prediction, it takes away the anticipation of it because you know exactly what to anticipate, you've done it every single week. And so the way to interrupt that and to allow yourself to have more happiness is to try to change it up a little. So either you can change up the days that you do it on to make it more variety, change up the course that you're doing, maybe the rules that you're doing. I know sometimes people do like funny challenges where they can only use like one thing. What is that called? Club. Club. Is that's that what they're called? Sports, are they yeah. all clubs? Oh <laughs> yeah. my gosh. I like how you knew what I was talking about, though. Yeah. They well, the, the people who are listening didn't see the motion that you made. So, it- yeah, I knew it. Yeah, there you go. Good. <laughs> good. One club. Just trying new things, whether it's keeping that main hobby, but adjusting it in a way to keep that spark where you can anticipate it, where your brain can adapt to a new situation. That helps with a happiness boost, as well as just doing new things in general. So trying out new restaurants, doing things you've never done before. And I know that's scary and there's a lot of anxiety behind that, but if you can find a friend, hey, let's go do this thing. We've never done it before. Go to this place. That itself can help boost your hedonic treadmill as well. Yes, I totally agree to that, especially in the activity that i do which is golf and you can go to the same course every single day it will always kind of be different actually it will be different because you can be playing a certain way that day you holes change on each at the course that the holes change every day so it's going to be totally different but i have experienced that type of kind of burnout a little bit of Mm -hmm. playing golf and getting to a certain point where it's, I'm not really that excited to to get up in the morning exactly. and put on the polo and then go out and play golf. But when I change it up, like we'll go to five iron, which is an indoor simulator where you play golf in, indoors. And that kind of switches things up and then it makes you excited again to, to mm-hmm. play that game. Definitely interrupting that predictability is important. So let me ask this, since you gave that example for me, which I greatly appreciate. What's, <laughs> what's an example of you? interrupting predictability yeah for me 
a couple different things I try to do. One is sometimes I'll have a friend just surprise me with our plans. Like I, so I can't predict what's going to happen. And there's an excitement in that for me, like what's going to happen. And that anticipation for me can build it because I'm the type of person to want to know all the details. So sometimes <laughs> I'll be like, you plan the night out, what we're doing, where we're eating, where we're going. And that like level of surprise that helps me a lot or, or just changing up where I'm going. I try to do it with where I eat, even like who I'm hanging out with, try to change it up every once in a while to keep that spark going of something new, just wherever it may be. And I think that has really been like helpful for me with focusing on my social life and working on this at the same time of how can I boost my happiness by keeping that excitement for living life. And I think that sometimes we get so bogged down in the details and working that we forget that like we have the opportunity to live right, and not just work and anything that I can do to try to put myself in that position to feel like, wow, it's really great to be alive. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think that is a great thing to remind yourself of when you're going through all of this is that we do have the opportunity to do that and we're grateful and lucky that we get to do that so i guess in that sense we're interrupting predictability when it comes to life the chance you get to wake up every morning is a chance for you to do something different to try something new so why not do it for my last note so just a couple tips about mindfulness and how to go about this i hope that listening to that you can think of a couple ways to change up your treadmill but the first one is giving yourself permission to be human like and that. they talked about how like when we are rejecting our emotions or we're suppressing them, that it can cause a level of frustration that actually drags us down because we're not able to live presently because we're not acknowledging how we are living presently and we're not acknowledging the feelings that we have about something. And I think that it's beautiful to allow ourselves to feel those emotions or even just enjoy what's happening to us and know that nothing's permanent and enjoying the thing because of that next is simplify your life so they talked about how when you're multitasking and you're doing too many things at once you're not able to focus on savoring one thing you're not fully invested in being in the moment because you're doing too many things at a time i have probably the biggest problem with this ever i do no joke five tasks at a time i believe it i believe Genuinely. it and it's hard to be mindful of what you're doing when every part of your brain is working. Next is to find meaning and pleasure. So to think of what it all means to be here mm -hmm. and how you can find meaning in every activity that you're doing and find happiness in it and work towards that. Obviously easier said than done, but even like I said, just taking the five minutes wherever you are to recenter yourself to what's going on around you can help. And then Last is focus on the positive and increase your efforts in your relationships. So the simple act of how can I focus on what's going right in this moment helps you live in that positivity. And even if the moment seems negative, it seems like it's back against a wall. Being able to focus on that positive is still gaining from it. And you're still feeling the effects of it in that way. And that brings us to the end of the episode. That was beautiful. And I appreciate you providing those tips to everyone including myself and is a nice reminder that having that positive thinking is important but not only just important for what is it that you're trying to accomplish but just important for your life in general i think having that positive mindset the most that you can the best that you can just creates a better life for you and i have learned this throughout my in my journey especially in the last four or five years 
of understanding that, yeah, life is hard and it's okay to live that hard life and to go through those emotions and what have you. And nobody should tell you how you should feel or how you should live your life. You know, that if you just take a little bit of time to to go over these steps, these tips, to understand that having a positive mindset on this journey is beneficial to you, the better your life is going to be. Exactly. And I think that brings us to our favorite part of the episode, our quotes of the day. We really have to figure out a way to put in some kind of sound effect or some kind of voiceover something to get the quotes people of going. The day. Quotes <laughs> of the day. We'll think um, about something. We'll find a way. Go ahead. Let me know. What's up? So my quote is, you don't get results by focusing on results you get results by focusing on the actions that produce results by Mike Hawkins. I and love that. I thought it was so interesting because again, it's about not focusing on the end, not focusing on the next thing. It's about focusing on the current present moment. What am I doing right now, JR? What oh. am I doing right now to get that? That's that anticipation you were talking about. Sometimes the best part is trying to get to that end goal. So the enjoy journey. that process. It's about yeah. the journey. That's it. What's your quote? My quote is, you are the only one who can control the way you think. Make sure you nourish the positive thoughts and weed out the negative ones by Catherine Pulsifer. Very fitting, you know. I thought it was pretty on the, what's the phrase? On the nose. <laughs> Thank you. It was some <laughs> body part. I forgot. But yeah, making sure that you nourish the positive thoughts and weed out the negative ones is what we've been talking about this entire episode is yeah, sure, there are going to be bad times. Yeah, there's going to be some negativity when you're going through whatever it is that you're going through. But know that if you just focus a little bit more on the positive, the good stuff will come about of that. With that, we want to hear from you. Leave us a comment on Instagram or Twitter at the LY Foundation or on Facebook, facebook.com slash the LY Foundation. Let us know what you thought about today's episode and what you're thinking about how to spice up your hedonic treadmill. Ooh, spice it up. Also, speaking about spicing things up, please leave us a review of the LYF podcast. That way we can continue to produce more content and grow the show. And specifically, go on Spotify. They got a rating system now. If you are on Spotify, you're listening on Spotify, please rate us there as well. Thank you for listening to the conversation. And until next time, love yourself, love one another, and love this planet we call home.